0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the This Is The Music Meets podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by the Doc Suns, a band hailing from the northeast of England. Over the course of the podcast, we're going to talk about the band's anthemic new single, Real Thing, their forthcoming live gigs in Sunderland, and of course, a bit of chat about their beloved football club, Sunderland. So, Doc Suns, welcome along to the This Is The Music Meets podcast. How are you both doing today?
1: Great, thanks, Mark. Yeah, very well.
0: Me, yeah, good to meet you. Great stuff. Well, it's great to have um, to have you both on. I should say because we've got we've got Stephen and uh, and Glenn here with us tonight. Um, so kind of like, um, just like, want to go um, back to the beginning, really. Um, obviously, you guys formed back in uh, twenty nineteen. So kind of like, how then? How did the band start? Did, did you already know each other at, at, at that point? What was what was the dynamic there going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: the band first formed when I put a video on um, Instagram of me playing the guitar on like a on a story, and um, one of our previous members, a guy called Neil, responded to my story, um, saying, "I never knew you play guitar. We should get a band going. Let's like meet up and uh, let's have a jam." I went back to him and, and said, "I don't really play guitar, to be honest. I was just sort of messing around on this story." And I told them that I'm a drummer and uh, and we basically just sort of got the idea from there and then sort of met up with uh, sort of a few of the friends who play instruments. And that's where the, the band was born, really, just from a, an, an Instagram post. Uh, so Stephen uh, and the front man, uh, James and also our bassist Adam were in a band previously, probably around about ten years ago. Uh, I don't know if you wanna say a few words about the 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 band from back in the day, Steve, spray on
2: jeans. Spray on, oh, on. jeans right. Adam <laughs> <laughs> Many Moons again that it's it's uh, it's 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 Mario I met Baxter, the the singer. So he played he played for Dalton uh, with one of my pals from school. Yeah. And it was, I think it was Bax's sixteenth or seventeenth birthday, and he was like, like it's it, it's his birthday. Uh I, I feel a crap gun on me on, so <clears throat> he he asked me to go along with him, and uh, obviously that, that was the f- first time I met uh but James, and um I don't know we just we just clicked from there and He had like he had like guitars and drums in his room and that, and just had a little jam in his room, and that's it was it uh, started from there. Yeah, oh, great stuff.
1: So I've been like friends with Baxter for years as well, and then I knew Stephen from like friends of friends, but I wouldn't say particularly well at all. And uh, we just sort of met in in the practice room when the band was put together. But uh, like I say, it's so Stephen and James or Baxter as he's known. Uh, they were in a band back in the day, and uh, as I've just said, there they were called Spry and James. And I was in another band when I was younger, but uh, yeah, twenty nineteen, we all got together, and like straight away, we sort of felt like we had something go- good going on. And uh, and then we introduced Adam the bassist after a couple of sort of jams and it just went from there really uh, strength the strength I would say
0: yeah sure and and I mean obviously there was obviously kind of like a bit of a through through no fault of your own I should say a bit of a a bit of a minor blip because obviously everyone got hit by COVID um, and obviously couldn't you know restricted him in, in what you could and and um, and couldn't do so kind of like how did that affect like you as a, as a band because obviously we've said you know you've been together there maybe for sort of like you know 12 months or so give give or take but you did manage to keep getting new music out you had four songs that came out you know during that period so so yeah. kind of like what was it like was it was it um was it easy to keep the band like going and and, and interested and stuff like that as, mm-hmm. as obviously couldn't, couldn't really meet <laughs> each other up or anything
2: yeah yeah that well, so was, we, was, so was, was pretty new wasn't it I'm I'm saying it was all pretty us anyway, so I was still had that bug for it. Yeah, over,
1: it, it, over that period. It, it was a pretty crazy sort of eight eight nine months when we first launched the band. So we had our first gig in June twenty nineteen, and it it sort of I don't want to say exploded, but in terms of like our little northeast Sunderland scene, we, we got some pretty high profile gigs. So I think our third gig we played um the Sunderland Air Show, which is like a big sort of a. Uh, sort of like little festival if you like in in Sunderland and yeah, like planes cool. fly over and it's just like a huge big event for the city and have like this huge stage outside and uh, was supported scouting for girls uh, I wouldn't oh, say yeah. the sort of particularly like a musical um influence of ours but like that was like a really high profile gig like th- third time we've ever been on the stage and we're on this like massive outdoor uh like event and so it just went from strength to strength over the first nine months uh, and then we got round to, to to march and uh we were on the ascendancy and then obviously like lockdown hit and that like knocked us back and couldn't obviously play a gig for for like what 12, 18 months or whatever it was but as Stephen just said, we all had like this really, big appetite just to push it as far as we can and fortunately we, were, we recorded a song just before lockdown um which is called dancing on the radio and we, we launched that in in june it was now on exactly a, a, a year to the date from when we had done our first ever gig and it just it just, that sort of took off in in lockdown we've done like a lockdown video we all re- recorded uh sort of Different parts in our in our house in our bedrooms and whatnot, yeah. and we stitched it together on this app, and it it just sort of sort of blew up really. It, it got it was really well received. But uh, as Steve said, we we're all like really hungry for it at the time, and then we're we're now just trying to get it sort of going again, sort of post COVID, you know.
0: Yeah, sure, definitely, and and then kind of like off the back of that, you obviously then put out um, the Nile Street um, kind of like your debut EP. Um, which which I really love. I think it's a fantastic. Great collection of songs and, and gives a. Um, if anyone hasn't heard it, it does give a good. Um, I guess like introduction in a way. If you if you hadn't heard of the band before, of of kind of like the sound and and all that sort of thing. Um, so kind of like looking back on it, how how do you feel that that was received? Um, you know, like by the wider, you know, sort of music or new music scene Twitter community type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's been a really good success. At the time, we had various songs which we wanted to record, and it was just a case of, well, if we don't really know which one to record and which one to put out, we just thought let's let's put these together. Um, all three songs on the EP we feel have their own unique sound. Um, so we've got Share the Night, which is a sort of quite an upbeat, sort of like toe tapper, as we like to say. Um, uh, with the song, uh, the second song on the EP, uh, Criminals, a bit more of a darkness, more of a rockier sound. And then we've got Dream World, which is a quite like a melodic acoustic song. So we, we really feel that all of the songs complement each, each other well. And uh, it, it was a really good time in the studio. We loved it, like we had a sort of full weekend, managed to get three songs down. And uh, yeah, we're pretty proud of it, aren't we, Steve?
2: Yeah, yeah, really.
0: So it's a pretty quick process when you are in the studio recording, then you're not, you know, not sort of like working, sitting there working it out for ages. It's kind of like, right. We're in. We know what we're, you know, how we how we want each song to sound as well.
1: Yes,
2: yeah, so when it's we record, have got like uh, um, a a new track there that we've just wrote and we're all buzzing about it. It's like we're gonna get in the studio and record this. It's it's yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, just...
1: yeah. I mean, when when we come up with a new song, we just want to get in the studio straight away and record it. We might have other songs that we we've had sort of bubbling away for a few months, but we just know when a song needs to be recorded, which which is which is good to be honest. We always sing on the same hymn sheet. We know what sort of comes next in terms of what we want to record. But we had these three songs and we knew that we needed to get them all down. And we're done like two 12 hour days and but in, in terms of actually putting the song together in the studio, we've we've recorded with a particular um studio in Newcastle called Blank Studios. And okay. we've always got a great result. And the particular sound engineer that we use, he knows our sound brilliantly. And he brings his own dynamic with um how a song should be um should be put together. And I think we just complement each other really well. So it was quite a straightforward process um, recording the the songs and overall were um sort of overjoyed with the uh come of the songs.
0: Yeah, sure. And and sorry, just sort of concentrating um sort of on kind of the recording process, but more like on the writing side of it really. Kind of like how does that work? If um because obviously I, I I don't know who, who writes the songs within the band. Is it um whoever that is, is it right, this is I've written this song, this is what it's going to sound like, you're gonna play this drum beat, you're gonna do the bait, you know, or is it very much a case of um you're all just sort of contributing the ideas to sort of you know to fit fit the song effectively.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Stephen.
2: Oh no, no, you're again.
1: Well, I was just going to say so. Ordinarily, either Stephen being the lead guitar or Baxter the front man, they'll they'll come to the practice with an idea, and they've right. always got little little strands with a little little catchy riff or something like that, and they'll bring an idea to the practice room, and. It's pretty scary how quickly we can put a song together. It might only take half an hour when we're gonna have the core structure of the song. Um, but certainly Stephen and in in Baxter uh, they're the brains of the operation, they bring some fantastic ideas and I just hit the drums at the back and we'll'll we'll, we'll just work it out. but fortunately as well, the, our front man he plays the drums as well, so we'll maybe bounce some ideas around, and then Adam will put his bass in. But it's a pretty quick, straightforward process when we know what we want the song to sound like.
0: Yeah, sure, and and kind of like then um, bringing this sort of up to sort of up to date, I guess, effectively. Um, obviously, the new single "Real Thing" um, it's a fantastic tune, um, and in my opinion, it's probably the best song um, that I think you've released um, so far. Um, So what can you tell us about it?
1: So the song itself, um, speaking to the front man, I understand his influence. It it was all to do about when you're on a night out and you've got a bit of a decision to, to make as to whether you go back with a particular person and sometimes you can wake up in life and you might have regrets about who you maybe woke up with. But then in the same token, if you didn't make that decision, you then have regrets going home that you didn't go back with that particular person. And uh, and the, the sort of story is that you should have no regrets regardless of whatever decisions you make in life. Um, but the song, it's uh, it's it, it was quite a strange one because we actually went to a different studio this time because we wanted a bit more of like a poppy, upbeat feel. And we feel that we've got that with... Yeah. it's the, uh, the studio that we went to so we went to a place in Sunderland called Motorhouse Studios and the sound technician is in a band called, called Vanderbilt who are from Sunderland and they've got a really good poppy sound and we knew that this particular sound engineer, the guy called Jordan Miller would give us a fantastic sound and we're really happy with it so
0: yeah I mean that, uh, oh sorry I didn't, quite,
2: I didn't quite catch that what was that, sorry Stephen? I was just saying uh, Jordan's a talented guy like He's, uh, who's it he gifted George like any? He?
1: no he's fantastic He he's well versed on more or less any instrument you could pick up he's brilliant on like the piano and he's really he's really good singer he knows harmonies and he, he's just a very musically talented guy Um, so he, he sort of brought a lot to the song he completely changed my drum beat I had to go back to the, the drum board on that one but uh, it, it was really weird like normally when I record the drums I'll just track the full song and then we'll add the bass We'll add the rhythm, we'll add the lead, we'll add the vocals, but we split it all down and we just did like a few takes of each individual drum part and we changed it all up and then he layered it all together on his system and it, it was it was a completely different dynamic in in the studio but it worked pretty well and uh, yeah we love the song
0: yeah so as I say it's a it's a fantastic tune and um, as you were just describing there like it's real um, upbeat song and that um, that chorus. Um, I, it's been stuck in my head um, for, for days to be fair I um, can't literally yeah. as I say stuck in the head it's a great song and um, yeah, yeah, you've definitely achieved what you wanted it to uh, to achieve yeah
1: I think a lot of our choruses uh, we don't normally have like sort of repetitive words and we don't really have too many choruses where people can sing along so mm-hmm. we came up with the idea of just putting it back the basics so having a, a chorus where everyone can just join in and sing along like if you've never seen us you can stand in the audience, listen to the real thing, listen to real thing, sorry, and you feel like you're part of it, you can sing along, you can you can be with the sort of band. So uh we think we've got a good result. So
0: Yeah, well for yeah, well, in my view, it's definitely better than better than good. Um I can I can assure you of that. Um so kind of like as well then, um here at sort of uh, this is the music um we like to try and you know shine a light on on bands you know like like doc sons that are trying to make their way um on the on the new music scene so kind of like over the last sort of like 12 months or so what sort of bands or or artists have have you both been listening to that you know that have caught your eye that you're really enjoying what they're doing Mm.
1: steven's the music man aren't you steve he brings new songs to the practice room every week for influencers so I don't know if you want to run us through some uh, some bands of yours, know, Stephen.
2: I've got quite a broad taste of music. Like it all depends what mood I'm in, to be honest with you. Right, okay. Uh, over the I I dare say it, over the past year, I've been nonstop listening to a band called Pine Grove. A, okay, um, yeah. Band, and I'm just obsessed with them. Like they're they're a big influence in my sound and like the core progressions that I use like influence heavily from, uh, from them. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, I would probably say for myself, um, I've been listening to Red Rum Club quite a lot. So they've got Trumpet player in the band. Not many uh, bands have trumpet players these days, and they're they're all scouts and they've got their own like musical little sound that I don't really feel many other bands are doing that at the minute, and uh, they're just really good. I just think they're fantastic. But uh I I would probably say similar to Steve, Stephen, I, I like I like listening to any type of music really, but uh the lads always bring sort of like reference tracks to the practice room so it's good to get a different flavor of what sort of people are listening to at the time
0: yeah sure sure okay so um just kind of like um also as well I'm sure that you both have seen um the uh Chris Moyles's comments uh regarding about unsigned bands obviously being crap and that he's never going to play them on his uh on his radio show so kind of like Obviously, as we've said, you know, sort of. I know you've been going for a couple of, you know, three, four years now, but you're obviously still sort of trying to find your way, so to speak, on on the new music scene. So, kind of like, what's what was your immediate reaction to that? Has um, as, as your opinion changed at all over that period of time?
1: It's uh, an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think everyone listening to that would probably almost be horrified, because any good band was once an unsigned band. Mm -hmm. But maybe in Chris's defence, there's some absolute shocking unsigned bands out there, and he's probably right. Uh, But, everyone needs a chance, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like, as I say, every big band was once an unsigned band, and everyone needs a chance, everyone needs a break. You you can't have new music if people aren't given a chance at the start, so um, I feel like we fit in that category as well. We're trying to make a name for ourselves, and we're, to, we're trying to um, get on the local BBC introducing shows. Everyone, everyone seems to do as well, which is great. Uh, try to get played on various of the media channels as well. And I think you just maybe needs to uh, just yeah, just give give people a break and maybe stuff like that is it's not very sort of progressive for new bands, isn't it? It's not really what you want to hear when you're sort of trying to trying to break the scene and stuff like that. But who knows? We'll see.
2: Yeah, it's very. <laughs> You know, oh, I'm, sorry. Band, like, I'm saying he's got it's it's like the, the platform he's got, he should be promoting band You mm. know what I mean? Like young kids out there who want to aim um, at the name for themselves, they should be getting getting some um exposure and stuff, do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, so, no, definitely. I, I and I think as well personally, um I just kinda of like feel you know, don't get me wrong, obviously, you know, everyone knows about you know John Kennedy and stuff and obviously he does fantastic um, you know for you know giving bands you know as you just mentioned there like the exposure and stuff but you know kind of like if it was to be you know like even if it was just like one band you know every day that got you know a slot on the like the breakfast show or the drive time show or whatever I think kind of like as you're both saying really the the exposure for those bands would be you know would be fantastic yeah I think,
1: yeah g- given that he works on um, Radio X for me, that's the type of radio station that you go there to listen to alternative music from mainstream radio stations like Radio One, etc. So to hear that, it's almost going against, for me, what Radio X is all about. You want to listen to alternative bands, you want to listen to indie bands, rock bands. And for him to say that unsigned music doesn't have a space on his show, well, it's like, well, this is sort of what I'm coming for, do you know what I mean? But maybe not the best comment but there we are
0: <laughs> there we go so okay we're gonna we're gonna move away um just momentarily from talking about music um i both know i uh, sorry i know that you both um are uh, supporters of uh, sunderland um so kind of like let's have a little chat about how the season's going off so this is the first season back um in the championship isn't it for, for three, uh, three uh four seasons sorry um, you're doing okay at the moment, 11th, 11th in the league. So what's, is say about six, seven points off of the playoffs? Do you think you could sneak in there with what we're uh, doing? Am I right in saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had an absolute flying start of the season. The first half was brilliant. We, we, we had two big men playing up top, a guy called uh, Ross Stewart, who uh-huh. essentially got us promoted single-handedly last year, and a guy called Ellis Sims, who's on loan from Everton. And them two were just knocking goals in for fun. It, it was it was just frightening, really. Um, and then unfortunately, <laughs> Ellis Sims got recalled back to Everton in January, and Ross Stewart is now out for the season with, with an injury. So we've got a, a young lad on loan from Leeds called Gellhart. Um, yeah, but it, it hasn't really worked out for him. So at the minute, we've went from scoring goals every single week to all of a sudden the goals drying up. And it looks like we're sort of going to be in the box seat for for like a playoff place, but now we've just sort of fallen out. and in, in the last four games, we've we've drawn one and lost three, which is like unheard of for us because uh, we were. I don't I don't think we had back to back defeats. I think we had one period where we had back to back defeats prior to that, and we're like a pretty consistent team. Um, but no, as you said, we're, we're, we're all Sunderland fans, aren't we? Steve would you know we all want the team to do well and we just want the city That's to right. do well, don't we?
2: Mm-hmm. definitely if you said it was last year though we'd be sitting in mid table in the championship just, just, just snap someone's hand off because
0: right? that was a bit of a crazy um, sort of end to the season wasn't it because you had um Lee Johnson was the manager did he did he? with the last game that he got sacked he lost, lost like 5-0 or something am I right in saying was was that
1: yeah so we played ball in a way and we got beat 6-0 and I think the transfer window had just closed so he'd signed loads of players which to be fair the players he signed were really good players as well Um, and he got, he got beat 6-0 and I think at the time we were like third in the league and he got sacked and it was probably an overreaction but then on balance um, Alex Neil came in sort of ex-Norwich manager pr- pretty good name for League 1 I guess yeah. um, he, he came in and we just, we just took off. We just moved into a different gear. And I think we went on a 18-game unbeaten run all the way to, to to the final when we played Wickham at Wembley in one. Yeah. So we took like 40,000 fans down there. Um, It was like capital takeover. Everyone went down the night before, took over to Falco Square, Covent Garden. And it was just fantastic for the city and to be back sort of in a league where at least we feel we should be. Championship or higher was... Uh, it was it was a pretty good day, so
0: yeah, definitely, and and kind of like as well. Um, I'm sure you must be fully aware. I'm sure. Um, obviously, you did the um the Netflix uh documentary Sunderland till I die, which as a as a football fan, I mean i I did thoroughly enjoy it, even though if there were a few moments that that maybe should have been left on the uh, the cutting room floor, so to speak. So kind of like as a as a Sunderland supporters, like what was. What was the feeling of, of of the club doing that? Was it was it like well received amongst the fan base? Because obviously there was a little bit of, you know, maybe like mickey taking from from other teams, um, you know, uh, you know, other team supporters across
2: social media.
1: Mm. Uh What do you think, Stephen? Do you think it was good or not, or
2: what do you think I, your I perception thought, was? I thought I thought it was good to get a good insight to like what goes on behind closed doors. You know, what I mean, like you didn't get to see that in the media. It's just like.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was really good in the fact that it, it puts Sunderland on a bit of a like a global global uh, platform. I think loads of people from like Argentina and South America were really taken by it. Uh, I was reading before, and uh, it's just the way football is now. There's been various documentaries done for like Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal now. So given that we've got our own little TV drama, then if it puts us on a platform, then I think that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Um, and as, as Steve said, it was good to see a bit of an insight in terms of how transfers are made and, 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 and stuff like that. But uh, I think they the recorded it, obviously, with us coming down from the Premier League, thinking that we were going to be hopefully fighting for promotion and it was going to be this really exciting Netflix show and it ended up being just the complete opposite car crash of a season and we have done back-to-back relegation. So... Uh, <laughs> That's football, I guess, but uh, it, it it was good. It was good. I mean, I would like to have been star-studded documentary where we're banging goals in every week, but it yeah. just wasn't really that way, was it?
0: No, unfortunately, no. It, um, it it wasn't for you guys. As I say, I mean, I, I think um, as Stephen you just said, it was it was really good actually to get that insight into the you know into the back uh, the background um, of of how football clubs. Um, a run so let's um let's go back then to you as a band um you've obviously got um some pretty big um gigs coming up soon um obviously you've got the headline gig um at the independent on the 6th of may with with Lee Ford um and um, balado um and i understand that you've got a bit of a of a freeway uh, gig swap going on with them guys mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so the, the one on the 6th of May is the the one which we're really looking forward to the most, so that's our hometown headliner. So we've played in Sunderland a few times over the last sort of 12 months, but we haven't actually done a headline show, so we're really looking forward to that one. And then just in regards to the gig swap, um, I think it's just a fantastic way for bands to play in new cities. We've we've, we've, we've done various gig swaps now with, with other bands, and it, it'll be great to go to Glasgow, haven't played there yet, same with Liverpool as well, so really excited just to get on the road and Rather than preaching the converted, playing in cities, which we've played, or towns as well, which we've played various times now, like Sunderland, Newcastle, Stockton, places like like that. We can't wait just to get on the road and show our music to different fans. Uh, We've got got a few small little festivals coming up as well, so we're playing um, Sunderland Calling and Stockton Calling as well. So yep. they'll they'll be fantastic, bit of a different dynamic. Um, but yeah, getting on the road doing the gig swaps, so they're the ones which we're really looking forward to. Aren't we, Steve?
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: yeah and those um those festivals uh, that you just mentioned, they, those lineups as well, look really good for the um you know obviously uh, the Sunderland Calling. That's a bit more of a mixture of bands, you know, sort of more established bands. But Stockton Calling, I think you might have the Sherlock's are on the bill. I think, but generally it seems to be you know bands like yourselves you know up and coming which i think is um is fantastic um to kind of like see so off the back of of that last question um we're going to put you going to ask you guys to put on a hypothetical um music festival for us um so doc sons are on the bill um so what we'd like to know is uh, first of all what would be the dream venue for you guys to play at or for this festival i should say
1: Ooh. I think, naturally, do you know everyone always says? Oh, I want to play at Glastonbury. It's just like, I feel like that is just the most obvious answer that you could ever say that you'd want to do. For me, if I could play any festival, it, it would 100% be, be Leeds Festival. And the reason why is that when I was growing up, it was just a rite of passage that everyone went to Leeds Festival as the first festival. I mean, Sunderland and Leeds, you get down there in an hour and a half. And I first went when I was, what, 17, something like that. And uh, just every year, everyone would go. It was like classy you going with your mates, camping, you do a full, full weekend, get the early bird tickets. It was like a five-day festival. And it was just a rite of passage for like a teenager that loved music. And I was sort of firmly in that camp. And I was fortunate enough to go a few times. And when I first went in 2009, um, the in Monkeys headlined, and I, I'm a drummer. And uh, Matt us at the end of the set came to the front of the stage Threw his drumsticks into the crowd. Eighty thousand people there, and and I caught one of them.
0: Oh, amazing! Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was like divine intervention that I caught this drumstick. So uh, it's got a special place in my heart, um, yeah. if if I'm if I'm honest. So I would probably say the venue would be uh, Leeds
2: Fest. I don't know what you think, Steve Lad. Um. Well, I've I've never attended Leeds Festival, so, so I'm a, I'm not quite sure on that one. Like. But I, I don't know, I'd probably I'd, I'd probably see a glass of weed just because of the sheer the scale of it. Do you know what I mean? There's like it's a massive festival, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what um for this so for the festival, um we've got space for sort of five bands um or artists. Um it can be any band or artist that you want. Um all you need to do is decide where Doc Sons are gonna fit on the bill. Um, and the obviously five bands we've got Doc Suns, so we just need four other bands, um, that are going to join you at
2: this festival. Tell you what, Um, (laughs) yeah, some question that in it Uh, past present, past present bands.
0: Uh, it's entirely up to you guys.
1: Fleetwood Mac, definitely like Fleetwood Mac, oh, it's a good one, yeah, class, yeah, I love it, of course. For me, and I would hope Steve will probably agree, uh, one of the bands which first got me into music uh, was Milburn, who oh, s- yeah. some would probably know them yeah, as being are. like the Arctic monkey, sort of like ugly sister. People used to think think that they used to just rip them off because they were both from Sheffield. But when Sending the Boys first came out, like it just blew my mind. I was like, this is absolutely unbelievable. And I saw them in, in 2006, just before the first album came out. Yeah, and uh, I was like 15 at the time, and it was just it was just unbelievable going to Newcastle with your mates on the train, going to the gig, and and just listen to their music. I just thought was absolutely brilliant. But uh they have done a reunion tour like back in 2016. It was 10 year yeah. anniversary, 10 year anniversary since the uh since the the first album came out. And me and Steve went to Sheffield to see them together, and uh, they were absolutely class. Like just same as before, just absolutely blew the roof off. So. I would probably put Milburn on there like I, I don't know what you think Steve
2: Definitely made to shout like yeah
0: yeah I'm I'm, with you, I'm I'm with you on that one love absolutely love that debut album man that's as you say just just blows blows me away even now even yeah. now it still blows me away okay so we've got we've got Ducksons uh, sorry we've got Fleetwood Mac and we've got Milburn uh, we just need two more bands
1: yeah um for me Tell us if you disagree Steve but uh another band which again completely got me into music when I was younger was the uh the future heads so they're probably arguably the biggest known band that have came out of sunland within the last sort of like 20 years yeah and uh the the song which broke for them uh, which which sort of put them in a sort of stardom if you like was um Hounds of love which is yeah. a cover of um Kate Kate Bush's right, song yeah, that's it, and, yeah. uh yeah I so I'd I would put put futures on there just for the representation of Sunland, you know what I mean? They've uh, they've done loads over the years and the music is very different. They do like a lot of like a cappella songs, like all of them are like super talented. So I'd I'd probably uh, put future heads in the mix, like.
0: Okay, great stuff. And and the last band.
1: Um, over you, man.
2: I'd probably see catfish in the bottom just for the sheer fact that they're split up and I'm I probably did not get a chance to see them, so I'd have them on the bill like...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, why not? Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I've got a, a few near misses with are going to see them, but um that, that sounds like a great lineup to me. Uh, so just to recap, we've got Doc Sons, we've got Fleetwood Mac, Milburn, Future Heads, and Catfish and the Bottlemen. Men. Great stuff, lads. Um, so kind of like right them, we've mentioned um obviously you've, you've got the new single that's come out. Um, and obviously there's three or four gigs as well that you've got coming up, um, you know, in sort of the next few months as well. So what other plans um, are there in the pipeline for the rest of the year?
1: Well, it's, a, it's a busy year ahead, to be honest. I would say this 12-month period is probably going to be our busy, uh, busiest um, to date. Uh, we've got like various gigs sort of in the northeast, and those with the gig swaps, which were mentioned. But uh, all of a sudden we are seem to be getting loads of traction just with people that we haven't, uh, ordinarily connected with. So yeah. we're getting a lot more approaches of people asking us to sort of play gigs locally and further afield. So hopefully just build build some more momentum, try to build our contacts and just play with other bands. Like we, we love just having Daft crack on with all these other bands. We played a gig in Newcastle just of the week, played with a band from Liverpool called The Hush Tones Really Sound, just completely different music to us, and uh we just want to experience different cultures, different music, go to different places, have a laugh. We've done a we've done a gig in Dunfermline last year and uh it was just absolute riotous it was class and we just want to do just more gigs like that and we first got to this pub and we uh we didn't really have too much of a high uh, expectation when we got there which was a bit of like a pub off the high street and we thought bloody hell what's this, what's this gig gonna be like
2: yeah, Lone, Lone,
1: we, we played the gig on the night there were, there were people like trying to crowd surf honestly it was absolutely <laughs> it was mental people were, like getting onto the stage jumping all over with us and uh we just want to do more gigs like that. The unexpected ones are always the best. So hopefully we'll just uh, keep on lining the diary up and uh, getting a few more support slots, trying to get our name out there. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, just continue to build a bit of a fan base.
0: Great stuff. Well, it certainly sounds like it's um, going to be a really exciting Um, 2023 for you guys Um, unfortunately Stephen and Glenn that is the end of the This Is The Music Meets Doc Suns podcast Um, I really want to thank you both um, for coming on Um, really really enjoyed it and getting to know a little bit more of the dynamics um, within the band Um, so yeah and hopefully um, if there's any gigs uh, down in London in the near future maybe I might be able to pop along and and come and have a beer or two with you both and um, show my support
2: Head across, head across. Head
0: if you'd like to find out a little bit more about Doc Sons, then we have included the links to their social media platforms in today's episode bio. And whilst you're there, please go and give real thing a stream because it is a fantastic tune. All that leaves me to say is to thank everyone who has listened to the latest. This is the music meets podcast. Please subscribe. So you never miss out on any brand new episodes. And if you're loving the podcast, Show us some love by giving us a five-star rating and written review as it really does help the artists we interview to be discovered. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon.